I like this episode. It's funny. It's good. I like Naracha having to be inventive about doing things mm-hmm. instead of saying things. I like him like using Lil Bomber just to heat up a pipe so he can cauterize his own knife wound. Pretty honestly, pretty badass. Like, yeah, that's a cool thing. That one is medically sound, right? Well, I mean, <laughs> yes, you can cauterize a, a wound. He didn't seem like he was bleeding that much to me. Use, <laughs> go to a bathroom, a public just bathroom. find a, a find an a exposed bathroom. pipe. Get a toy plane. <laughs> Heat it up. No, <laughs> like an easy bake oven heater, like on oh, the yeah, a light bulb. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How, how do they do easy bake ovens now? Because light bulbs aren't hot enough. That's a really good question. That's more important than everything. Please else write in say. if you're a child. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I assume they, but like. Honestly, that just teaches us retroactively how dangerous light bulbs were. Like, Jesus Christ. I think we knew at the time. Kind of. I mean, light bulbs were constantly like burning shit. Yeah, I guess it's true. <laughs> it's like when you like read old stories about buildings burning down because someone's candle fell over in the night. And you're like, who the fuck was lighting their room with candles? And it's like, oh, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> that was the only option. I mean, yeah, it used to be that you'd like, you couldn't touch a light bulb. That's I right. still, I mean, it's still like, I still. I know. Instinctively like you don't could, want you could touch just touch it. that and it would be fine. But I wouldn't because right. I grew up when you couldn't touch light bulbs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Burn your fingerprints but you, off. If the candle's going to fall over, you just have a snake eat it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's right. Or like or put it in some it bread. Into a snake. Put it in some bread or yeah. something. Yeah. That's fair. It's true. That was surprisingly on topic. Welcome to JoJo's Bizarre Explainer, a podcast about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. I'm Darius Kazemi. I'm Elizabeth Simmons. And I'm Courtney Stanton. And we are here to talk to you today about soup. <laughs> <laughs> Is it water? Is it not water? The dangers of soup. Yeah, soup is pretty dangerous. This is Uh, why I don't like soup. Is it? Is that it? That's why. That's the reason? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. Teleporting shark stands. Yeah, fair. I don't like it. It's like a texture thing, I think, for the most part. Oh, sharks in your soup. Yeah. just soup. (laughs) Soup and salad, to me, both feel like, why am I, like, this isn't food, and why am I eating it? I could see that. Like, I like salad okay, but yeah, soup, I don't, I don't know. Like like the idea of leaves or like why am I like eating a liquid? That's so strange. Well, you know, in Japan, I think soup is more of a beverage. Like they drink it. Yeah. They don't. What also, about ramen? I, How I do you feel do, about ramen? I don't like ramen, but I do like miso soup. Mm, miso is good. Because <laughs> like it's miso. good. That's like tea. Yeah, I exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's more like tea. Don't drink soup because it will have a, a stand that's, that's, in it. Okay. Yeah. It'll eat your tongue. Fine. I'm not using it anyway. And make First, it opposite day forever. <laughs> we have a new intro. Oh, that's oh, yeah. right. Yeah, we have a new intro. And a new outro, but we'll get to that in a second. I give this intro a 6 out of 10. I, <laughs> and compared to the last intro, give it a very enthusiastic 8 out of 10. Okay. I really didn't like the last one, though. Let so. me explain why, unless Darius also no, wants to No, go for it. it. Go for it. I give it a 6 out of 10 for a few reasons. The main one is that it actually shows scenes from the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is the only time a JoJo's intro has ever yeah. done that, and that yeah. just feels cheap to me. It's well, I feel like they started out kind of working around it because they do the really cool effect on, for example, Bruno yeah. with the zipper mm-hmm. and the hand, that part's you know. great. That that and scene with the zipper on the hand and then the cut from him to the tower, like I like that. Like That's I feel like that was Jorno is like pushing away the or touching the face of, of his stand, which like yeah. is kind of an iconic yeah. image. And of then one of the times that he's making it. And then the <laughs> and then the um the scene of all their legs and shoes yeah. and where where Fugo hesitates yeah. like that's that works yeah. i like that that's like, good but, but i feel like those were the concept real beats and but then, the stuff the stuff yeah. at the beginning especially where it just like cycles through yeah. every fight we've done so far and i think it's literally using 
scenes yeah, that were drawn shots, from, yeah. shots like this like the yeah. single yeah it's very just like shown in anime but kind of like not particularly highbrow it's like a it's, it's exactly before i ever watched jojo's if you like explained to me the plot and then you said come up with a shonen anime opening for yeah. this i would be like okay it's probably something like this yep. and the yep. only thing that's missing is them falling through the sky for something. right yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah, uh, I think that it, it's not like special in the JoJo's way. The only thing that I would say, the only thing that I would add that I really like about it is at the end where they do the J-O-J-O. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted with... that to be the aesthetic of the whole opening. Yeah. It's yeah. so good. Those three slides, those three or four slides, yep. it's like th- that is the most late 90s, early 2000s. Like that's actually what that aesthetic was back then. And so I'm just like, Yes, that is the show. Like, yeah, that's I how wish, it should feel. Yeah, I wish that they had done more with that. The thing I really don't like, actually, about it, because there's a lot I do like, and mostly what it is, is it starts with someone kissing someone else's hand, and in my head, that's Misto and Jorno. Yeah, same. It's always been Misto and Jorno in my head. Right, but it's not. It's actually we'll not. We'll talk about it when I we know. get to there, but yeah. But yeah, but yeah, so I'm just like, so it, it, it starts strong for me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I actually don't like it, because at this point, there is a spoiler in it, which we'll talk about because you've watched the OP and if you haven't watched yeah. the rest of this, this season yet, because it goes through all of them with their stands. And those are kind of cool, like Abakio's Moody Blues turning into from a cop into Moody Blues. And so, you know, it's they do these little bits with them all. And then Trish is in there. And Trish has like a fully formed stand that we haven't seen yet on yeah. the show. And I'm just like... It seems a little lazy. A little bit. Yeah, yeah. it just, it feels sloppy or unelegant it's, i mean or, if you think about how like like even so like we know she has a stand because well, it, right. that has been basically said she's it, been seeing stands yeah. well and and like jorno or someone is like oh she has to have a stand yeah. because yeah. she's the boss's daughter but so far historically women stand users in jojo's like who who are on the protagonist side like having a stand doesn't necessarily mean that it's very effective or even like helpful yeah, she could yeah. have weird. Yeah, she could have a holly stand, mom thorns, you know, or yeah. like a Yukako, like semi-controllable. Yeah, where stand. it's like kind of a villainy stand, kind of not. But no, she's just got a full, separate, designed, cool design. When we get to it, we'll talk yeah. about when we get yeah. to it. But yeah. like, it's just it's and frustrating is, to me that this is how that that is introduced. This is like so. If you look at like like we have precedent for this. Like if you look at Crazy Noisy Bizarre Town, like that. A bunch of the characters like we didn't yeah, have Koichi their didn't, yet didn't show the this they, yeah they yeah. erased koichi's stand yeah. until he got one yeah. yeah yeah so they could have done something like that and they just did not yeah so that's my my niggle with it but i like this better than the previous one i actually like the song better i like the song too so it, it just feels closer but it never quite hits the mark and this is our last intro like we don't get a because third there's only one. two yeah and it's not even like evenly at the half. It just feels sloppy to me. I like, know. and yeah, we're on twenty-two out of thirty-nine or yeah. whatever. Yeah. So it just breaks my heart. Yeah, because I, you know, I love Vendorio. Also, this episode took place after a filler episode. Yeah, so another between, filler between episodes twenty-one and twenty-two. There were there was a there was a like our second of three fillers. But unlike the last time, where it was like there was a filler, and then the next episode, the animation was gorgeous, and they'd clearly kind of like caught up and you know had yeah. time to polish it at this point now it's still kind of a mess the music's good yeah the voice acting is good but the yeah the story is good but 
Yeah, the faces are really off model. Really, like there's certain there's certain drawings of Bucolati where I'm like, is he supposed to look like maybe a different character at this point? Like yeah. because of all the stuff that happened in the last episode, is that like? But no, it's just it's just <laughs> not. It's it's like it's gone over. Like it's not like sloppy. Like the line work is good and stuff, and there's really good shading and and very distinctive. He just doesn't quite look right. There's a lot of stills with moving mouths, and a lot of those actually to me look like extremely close to how they were drawn in the manga. <laughs> Almost as if, if I traced over some of the shot, like the, the scenes in the manga, like those are, that's how the composition, the faces, the expressions all look very similar. I assume that a lot of these things will be fixed in the Blu-ray. Yeah. I'm very curious about the Blu-ray. I, I'm like, I have this like dream. <laughs> that's Is your never dream come true. to be in charge of the mafia in Italy and not sell <laughs> I, have, I, I have a dream. Have a dream. <laughs> My dream is that they put a third OP in the <laughs> I'm like, I think I've, about it. I'm like, oh man, what if they were working on it and just couldn't finish they it? They might. Like a I middle mean, one. I mean, Yuri on Ice gave us all those really nice, like extra, like here's all of their uh, performances yeah. f- for exhibition. But mm-hmm. Yuri on Ice, I don't know how much money JoJo's got thrown at it comparatively. Not enough, yeah. clearly. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, so it's, we're, we're in the Rocky times. But this episode opens up with one of my favorite little character moments. Yeah, uh, of course, it involves the gang stopping to eat. And we've mm-hmm. known since, well, really since Phantom Blood, that every people stopping to eat is means good hijinks are about yeah. to happen. Yeah, Mistis, Mistis stand slash, is hungry. Slash parts need, need food. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm sorry to do this, but we've got to find like a, a restaurant. Right. So bullets, bullets can have a little salami. <laughs> as a snack. Yeah. Yeah. They do that. And meanwhile, I, I honestly, this is one of those things where it's like we come in mid conversation and I value that, but I also really want to know how it started out with Abakio trying to explain veganism. <laughs> it's like we don't miss that. <laughs> I love that Mista's reaction when like they're talking about clothes is that he literally can't imagine not wearing leather. Right. He's, he's like, wait, so no snakeskin belts? Right. Like, like what? Wait, no. so no garish tiger print leather pants? No, like, extremely involved open-toed sandals. Like, what? <laughs> right. What, uh, you, what would you wear? He's a treasure. He's like um, a basketball outfit. Like, what would you wear? <laughs> all cotton? Yeah, all he can imagine <laughs> is athletic gear. Like, he can't... <laughs> Oh, what, um, what a baby. And then and then we get my favorite wine mom shot of Abakio, <laughs> uh, where, where uh, you know, the guy comes and bumps into Narancha, and Narancha's wine drops on the guy, and they have a fight. Which, they're, they're doing the thing that I always wish they would do in part three, which is, like, someone with a vague character design starts fucking with you. Clearly, they're an enemy. Just beat <laughs> right. the shit out of them preemptively. Yeah, just yeah. beat up whoever interacts with you. And so, Naranja... That's a good way to go through the world, honestly. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh Naranja and, and Mista just jump the guy and start kicking the shit out of him. <laughs> and and Abakio's the sitting in the back. He sips his wine, takes one look, and then it just cuts to Abakio joining in. <laughs> kicking the shit out of this guy who's already on the ground. Good parenting all around. It's, I mean, it reminds me of, um, uh, of when... Mista joins in on the torture dance. Yeah, yeah. No, they're just they're good, good little squad. And uh, and then it becomes clear that he's just some rando. Yeah, yeah. And oh well, they're like, oh shit, how are we gonna pay for this suit? <laughs> and Mista's like, um, I have some tips for getting stains out of silk. <laughs> and mostly it involves just putting a button over the stain, yeah. which is like you won't even be able to tell. So good, it's fine. <laughs> 
but yeah, so that's that's what it's like to when they don't eat that that normal restaurant that they always eat at. Right. This is why they <laughs> is only why. eat there. Uh, <laughs> right. And then a shark bites Narasha's tongue off. I guess. Out of his, out yeah. Of his soup. Sure. Wait, yeah. Didn't we just have someone get their tongue bitten off? Baby heads stand user, but the snake bit his tongue. Baby face. Yeah. Baby faces stand user. Maloney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Maloney gets his tongue bitten yeah. off. By so the there's snake. lots of tongue a lot of biting tongue stuff in this season. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Narasha gets his tongue cut off bitten off and then you get to see the little shark eating it which really is like a lot it's nasty little weird robot shark like a little chainmail shark yeah yeah it's and very uh, interesting and Giorno has a great quote that Eliz and I both wrote down word for word <laughs> without consulting each other so you want to you want to go ahead and the quote is I'll give life to this pen to create parts for his tongue. So the pen gets used for something before right. this. Well, so the thing is, is that Narancha's tongue gets cut off, and then I guess he's bleeding into his mouth. I mean, yeah, but, if you're but he is. isn't at first. So I don't. Any, <laughs> I don't know. Um, don't think too much about it for once, because then he like disgusting. grabs a knife and stabs himself, and that's when he starts bleeding. I don't understand <laughs> any of it. So, <laughs> but the point is, is that I guess he's like aspirating his own blood because it like. Jorno's like, well, I can grow him a new tongue, but like, it's going to take a minute. And <laughs> he's like, just but I, I still don't understand how this is impacting his ability to breathe, but somehow it is. And so Jorno takes, which you can kind of technically do, but don't, don't ever. Do don't try this. this at home. This is again, that thing where it's like, I feel like for a while, the same with like stabbing someone in the chest with, with a syringe full of adrenaline somehow became a thing for a while. Like, tracheostomies became like so, like you know DIY tracheostomies to save someone's life were like a thing and I have no idea why but I yeah. learned how to do them at some point yeah so it's like you feel for the larynx but yeah Jordan doesn't even feel for he doesn't need to he has spent so much time in the biology section of the <laughs> library so yeah he stabs a pen and this is even how you do it if you're gonna do it but yeah so he stabs a pen into Narancha's throat and opens up his airway which I guess was blocked somehow and then he's like i'll I'll use parts of the pen to give him his tongue and he can breathe in the meantime but like you're like if narancha was unconscious like completely unconscious and like near death then like yes when you're when you're knocked out sometimes your tongue will like the muscle will fall back against the back of your mouth because your your brain's not holding it in place anymore and that will close your airway off but like narancha's totally conscious so like and he doesn't have a head injury so there's like no reason why he wouldn't his body would still be. Doing I think maybe that he's him. just too dumb to use his tongue right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, saying that he doesn't have a head injury. <laughs> anyway, he's our he's our resident himbo. So yes, so yeah. Is he though? I don't know that he's enough of a bimbo to allow to be a himbo. He's just oh, Narancha. Anyhow, um, but yeah. So the point is, is that Narancha is being attacked, and he's being attacked by two extraordinary young men. <laughs> They're truly wonderful. They're like the main couple that I was excited about, other than Abakio and Bruno and Jorno and Mista, of course. Squalo and Tiziano. Yes. They're gay. Yes. And They're like, very open about it. They were like very gay in the manga, and I, I think that they dialed it up. They dialed more. it way up. In the manga, there were like a couple shots of them hanging all over each other. Which was enough, honestly, yeah. in the manga. Like... But yeah, no, that's but just all the time. That's how the you have a conversation. Anime, it's just like, okay. And they dial it up even more in the next episode. Um, it becomes 
<laughs> truly ridiculous. Do you want to talk about um, Tiziano's voice actor? Yeah. So Tiziano, the one with the long hair. The, 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 the blonde f- hair. Yeah, the femier one. The one who, in my head, every time I think of like Sports Illustrated swimsuit issues, <laughs> I think of Tiziano. Like it's just like yeah. so yeah. tan and so blonde. Yeah. He's got like a Fabio kind of look. No. no, I mean, I think blonde and tan. Yeah, but he he's it's, not. The hair is like, very straight yeah. and very. Yeah, uh, it's a it's Sports Illustrated swimsuit edition. Yeah. So his voice actor is Kenjiro, I believe, Tsuda, um, who is like typecast to play like really flamboyant gay characters, but flamboyant in a way where they're not like, well, usually, I don't know. So here, so here's, <laughs> a, here's an example. So like the most conventionally flamboyant gay character he plays is he plays Fire Emblem from Tiger and Bunny. That's his superhero name. His power is fire and being gay. He also plays Mikoto Suo in K, which I'm always trying to get people to watch. Also a gay whose power is fire. Like, just truly wonderful. I love Suo. Um, he also plays Albert in part five of Lupin the Third. That is to say the openly gay, like, lives, like, has a boyfriend he lives with. Semi-villain detective who's, like, probably Lupin's ex-boyfriend, his ex-partner. Oh, and he's Nino in Akka. So if anyone's watched that, it's great. And he it's like another character where it's just like, he, he just plays like so many gay characters. And so it's, when they were like, who's yeah. going to be the outrageously gay yeah. guy? They were like, ah. And he just has that. such a great voice. Yeah. Like, it's so deep. Very good. Extremely good. Yeah. And then um, I don't really know much about the voice actor for Squalo. Neither but do I like I. him. I'm just a pseudo stan. Um, but yeah, I like it's just like they don't, they're never not touching. Right. Like physically. Yeah. They're usually like, like pretzeled somehow. Yeah. Yeah. They're a PDA couple. Yeah. Very yeah. PDA. Are there stand names? Oh, yeah. So uh, <laughs> Crush, yes. AKA Clash. Literally, I have never processed that it's Clash. And every time I'm just like, wow. They just didn't change it. I wonder what crush means. Like every time. And I'm just like, Elizabeth, like get it yeah. through your head. And, and then talking mouth for talking heads. Yeah. So and obviously talking heads is the the one under his tongue. That makes you say things. Gross little stand that looks kind of like a neuron. I don't know. I'm not like Yeah. I don't yeah. this both their stand designs are like fine. I mean, they're definitely like if I when I look at them like in the end credits, which we can talk about in a second, in the new end credits that we have, I'm like, oh, I remember those stands. Yeah. Whereas like the bottom of that. A lot of the little tiny stands are just, their designs aren't as interesting as the ones who just look like people people wearing like body socks, <laughs> which are more fun. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is the episode where Trish starts to actually get interesting as a character. Um, well, she definitely she gets has, to talk yeah, more. She has lines Mm-hmm. Um, she is like, I'm in it to win it. And, um, and even I love Naranja's like, oh, I thought we were the same, but actually, you know, she's I'm pretty badass. <laughs> you're, you're much tougher than me. Um, and, uh, uh, and, and Trish is really taking the place of Fugo in the crew at this point. Like that's, that's, that's clearly where she's slotting in now, both in terms of like kind of the stuff that she's saying and her narrative purpose, but also just like the airtime that she's taking up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My only other note on this episode is Narancha's weird ass tongue. Yeah. Why does it become a venom tongue? Why does it grow? Why is it prehensile? <laughs> 
we get a lot of bathroom hijinks. Yes. yes. Yeah. It's like we're back in a bathroom. You know, that's always going to be a good time. Home turf. Yep. A, a lot of, like, Narancha needs to drink more water. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is he seems very dehydrated. Borderline orange pee. That's not good. I like that he figures out that it's like, all right, I'm going to lie and tell them to come over here. So I need to be doing gross things that will keep them away. You know, like I just, it, it is good. Like quick on his feet type stuff. And it's a really funny stand. Like the, the effect of having him loudly think the opposite of what he's about to loudly say <laughs> and then be like, Oh, is really a good gag. It's yeah. a really good voice performance. I can't yeah. remember. Is, is he the one who's uh, fitchy on your ice? No, that's, no, that's it's always Jorno. It's Jorno every Jorno. time. I know. And I'm always like, no, but he's so serious. It's kind of the opposite of Joseph Joe stars. Next, you're going to say like, it's, it's like, it's like setting you up for the yeah. opposite instead of yeah, setting yeah. you up for the exact same thing. But yeah, That's it's true. it's good and it's well done. It's uh, funny. It's well paced. I love when the shark appears in his tears. Yeah. <laughs> I, like his tears of frustration. Like it just whoop. It doesn't rely too heavily, at least so far, on Lil Bomber. Like, I'm just like, where is the tongue coming from? But I guess it's the stand and the stand can just grow. Yeah, that's just the stand mm-hmm. itself. And not grow. Icky. I know. Well, also, because it's like you're... I'm surprised that no one is like commenting on him handling bathroom. Like don't lick public faucets. Like (laughs) it's got, uh, it's got, I I disagree. Uh, Lick public faucet. What's the, um, this is how you end up with sepsis. All right. I'm just, what, what what was the what was the stand? Uh, oh, the empress. Empress. Yeah, it's yeah. got it's got. Yeah, thank you. It's got. Uh, <laughs> it's got empress energy. It does. It does. It really I agree. Does. Oh God! It's the same like having a fight with the person who is doing the thing too, and like nobody else can. <laughs> Yeah, on. yeah, where where Joseph's like running around, like having a fight with his own yeah. arm. Yeah. yeah, I just remembered that we called that episode "Sentient Boyle Community." <laughs> <laughs> Did you know that we're funny? When I get sad, I just read our old episode title. Same, yep. they're so good. <laughs> Occasionally, I'll remember that we just had Speedwagon's hot moist abs. <laughs> I should like at some point when I have endless time, just listen to the whole thing. Oh God, yeah. I can't listen to our old episodes. I went back and tried to listen to one, and I was like, we talk way too fast. We step all over each other, and you and I sound identical. <laughs> That's hard. I'm like, how did anyone ever distinguish between me and E Liz before years of testosterone? <laughs> fixed that problem. really in any respect i know yeah otherwise uh, we're we, completely we identical interchangeable yeah. exactly yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then we have a new outro the song is by the extremely gay hero <laughs> pop group enigma and uh, uh, enigma boy if you'll recall from uh part from part four i remember when i like asked you all about the song i was like what is it i don't know and you were just like it's a gay it's song. a very gay club song <laughs> All of Enigma's music is gay club music. And if you disagree, I'd be very curious to see what evidence you submit (laughs) to defend that assertion. Um, I really like the visuals of this ending. And pay attention to it because it actually does the thing that we've been complaining about the visuals not doing, which is it updates with new stands and kind of like changes them according to what's happening in the plot. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it is really entertaining to just watch it change. Also, for those of you who have seen the whole thing or read the manga, uh, just pay attention to the very beginning as well because there's a cool thing uh, at the beginning. These closing credits definitely still feel a little underbaked. I mean, they feel very part one. But I like, think they feel more like they I don't think that they're like as aesthetically like 
gangbusters, I guess, yeah. like, as like part four where everyone was clearly just going all in. Yeah. But I think that it is in the tradition of the part four. And yeah. yeah. And, and it is. That it does like add a lot. Yes. It way. is. It is fun to it like every. Off. Yeah. Every other episode to go. Oh, how are they? Where's this newsstand we just met? Oh, there right. it is. You know, it's pretty. I just the the like it feels cheap. Like the like yeah the the, the center column of interest and then like the size they were like well there's not enough going on so they're like a glitter effect yeah also, we'll, like, we'll add computer g- glitter yeah they just really like didn't go colorful enough with any aspect of no. the yeah. opening and closing and that's why I think for me like those last three frames or whatever of this opening are so painful well <laughs> also and also the part with with Bucolati and the zipper because the zipper goes yeah. and turns Bucolati like reddish purple yeah. like I like that and like I think that that is much more like indicative of what Vendor Oreo feels like than the kind of like weird color scheme in the first opening right. and then these like kind of gold but like not fun gold yeah it's they like, really lean into the gold and it just doesn't gold's not that interesting to look at well no. especially because they don't do like glittering right they just do it's like brass yeah. yeah they just do like a metallic yellow so yeah. it's which is again I, I've, I've said before in the episode where they did an all gold palette swap it looks like pee <laughs> <laughs> like it's just it's it's not a I, I maybe it, it's hard to convey without just doing like some sort of shitty live video thing, you know where it's like it's just, it's a tough color to capture. It's a metallic and it's like, I just wish that metallic. they had done the, like, what if just imagine, imagine <laughs> dream come, with, come you. with me, come yeah. with me on this journey. Um, imagine that like they had used the, the 2d, 3d aesthetic of the ending credits for part four for this. Like if the stands had been like yeah. not made of shitty gold, like if they had been like pictures, yeah. Like nice art. <laughs> Or like even like if the whole thing had been a statue like drawn. I think again, this is just me talking about how part four is the best part. But, it is. But part four benefits so much from having a setting. That's true. Like and not having to move around all the damn yeah, time. Yeah. Like it's just and that's just not something true. that any other part has consistently uh, until you know until part six probably. Yeah. Um, so. And, but it's and part also, six is setting sucks ass. Yeah, <laughs> but it's it's also weird to me though that like because hmm I think some of it is that it's like it's a road trip, but it's unlike part three where it's like they're going halfway around the world or more. So you get a lot of really distinctive settings. We're still in the evening of the fourth day, by the way. Right? Yes. Yeah, this is the evening of day four. It's like this is like a this is a, a week long like road trip well and it's not even italy and it's not even linear through italy it's not like they're going north to south they're going like they start in the middle they go north they're going to go to sardinia next apparently which is way south you know it's often on often an island so they're kind of like going back and forth across the country whereas at least stardust crusaders it's like well okay you're traveling from japan to egypt and there's a lot of stuff in the middle but also like i'm I shudder to say I'm like an average American, but just like if you ask me, like draw Italy, like what does Italy look like? A boot. Well, no, I just mean like the, like the countryside <laughs> yeah. or like what is yeah. what is the landscape like? What evoke Italy? It's like there's not a lot of like easy visual shorthand to be like like Venice has the canals, <laughs> but right. like it's like what's yeah. what makes Naples distinctive? And I'm like fuck if I know. I'm sorry, but like I don't. <laughs> right. Whereas at least like you know you can be like Egypt. There's the Sahara. Like, yeah, you know, uh, you know, there's you have jungles and the Himalaya mountains, and you have you know all these other things, right? And like, so it's just like I think some of it is like it's very hard to to boil down 
like some real quick like signifiers of like the passage of time and distance, which is how one might end up thinking that a month has taken place. Right. I mean, the other <laughs> or thing like is, six months. I mean, the other the other thing is that Stardust Crusaders, we know from the jump that they are going to Egypt. Yeah. Right? Whereas we don't know where they are going except for their next right. stop. They don't know where yeah, they're they going. They don't know. Yeah. Does Iraqi know where they're going? Hi. Mm. Yeah, so that's part. It's like it's just much looser, and which is again why, like, it's when you're talking about like, well, having a setting really helps, and like that's true. But also, like, I don't feel uh, any of this uh, in like part seven, which is spoiler, like a a, a race, like it's a, it's a race across. It's a road trip. It's a road trip. trip. It's a yeah. it's a run, if you will. Yes, <laughs> a run of steel balls. Yeah, uh, but it goes across the United States. Yeah, and but again, it's more like Stardust Crusaders because they know their route ahead of time. Yeah, yeah, that's true, and and also it's like I th- I think some of it is that the United States is kind of large, and so you <laughs> Way know like, bigger than Italy. Yeah, and so that's the thing is that it's like there's a lot of different geography. So it's like yeah, there's not a lot of biomes in Italy. Yeah, and so right. that's I think that's what I'm trying to say. Thank you. It's yeah. like, it's it's all kind of samey, and so short of being like ah, this city has the dog thing in it, and this city has the lion butt in it, and this <laughs> you know like. <laughs> You know, like it's just, it's tougher to feel a sense of progress and travel, and there's just not a lot there. Also, Venice doesn't feel the same without Lisa Lisa on a gondola. I also think that some sort of Music Man esque salesman for 3D must have hit the studio hard because I'm like, there's no reason for the end credits to be rendered. Right. That's what I mean. The way that they're rendered. I know. It's It's just like Shirobako. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm just like, how, like, how if much you haven't time? watched Shirobako yet after listening to this podcast, what are you even doing? I think I you'd really enjoy. I don't it. respect you, I, I but but I could easily respect you again. Just if you watch Shirobako. It, yeah. no, it's it is like it's definitely like a, a fun window into. I mean, having worked in game production, I'm like it's too close. It's too real. Yeah, having worked in <laughs> other kinds of production as well, I'm like, wow, this is like giving me a mixture of like nostalgia and PTSD. Yeah, yeah. I, I tell my other <laughs> friends who are like like video game producers or former video game producers, I'm like, just don't marathon it because it'll make you sick. <laughs> it's too much. But because of just stressful logistics, not yeah. because of like... No, the plot's great. Yeah, no, it's just too real. It's just like, oh, it's that guy yeah. who fucking ruins your day yeah, every this day. This guy who like says this in the meeting. Yeah, and then it's like, it's like ah, this boss. Yeah, yeah. and like, Sometimes I still think about like when she opens her computer and that spreadsheet that's got all the tabs and she's like clicking through them really fast. And I'm like, yeah. I remember that life. <laughs> <laughs> it's, we like, love it's great. But yeah, it's, that's exactly what it was. And so I'm just like, I'm trying to imagine who convinced them that they're like, oh no, we'll just, we'll do the openings traditional animation mostly. And we'll do the closings in 3d. It'll work out fine. I'm just like, it'll look great. Who, who it's like, lied? <laughs> but yeah, it, it definitely feels like underbaked. <sighs> you know what it looks like to me? I'm realizing, mm. you know, when people show off like, when they 3D print something, but like before they paint it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like That's it doesn't have enough texture and like. stuff on it. It just feels like it's like the, the mold. Yeah. But not the like, it's not polished. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I definitely like it, it is, it is surprisingly flat for being what it is or like yeah. underlit somehow, you know, like yeah. there's just, it's not very dynamic, not enough detail. So, which is again, where it's like, well, it's sort of like part one. I'm like, yeah, but part one, like moved a lot. And there was like a lot of, cause there was the weird blood stuff. And yeah. And then you had the character portraits. Yeah. Just not like the good old days, man. No. Just the good kidding. old days of yep. part one. Yeah. <laughs> the best part. Oh. So yeah. The thing is, is the plot at this point is actually kind of finally kicking off because we're at the real story because the we're gonna deliver 
the boss's daughter yeah. was just pretense to try and get information on the boss before they could turn on it. Right. And now everybody on the team is on the same page. Yeah. So. It's now it's actually them versus the boss and it's like yeah. out in public. JoJo's Bizarre Explainer is recorded in Portland, Aura, Aura, Oregon. You can follow us on Twitter at ExplainJoJo or find us on the web at ExplainJoJo.com. We love to hear from our listeners, so please go to Apple Podcasts and leave us the kind of review that Narancha would leave for having his own tongue back. 